0: locky motions with Jimmy Evans and Ian Campbell.
1: Whether uh, voters are secure in their voting their votes are secure and they are like safe to vote like you know polls aren't being uh, blocked or they're not being like uh, scared away to, mm-hmm. from voting or whatever uh, the influences of foreign powers on government are minimal to non-existent or whatever. Um, And then the capability of the civil servants to implement policy. So like the people who are elected in these elections, are they actually doing what the voters want them to do? That's probably the hardest one. That's probably the hardest one to like measure or whatever. There's only 20 full democracies based on these metrics.
0: Is that, like, the hot take? Like, oh, you're not even a functioning democracy? Like, for instance,
1: America is not. Or the not United States of America is a flawed democracy. Flawed, okay. Yeah. The, like, the, the designations are full democracies, flawed democracies, hybrid regimes, and then authoritarian regimes. Okay. The social sciences or something. that yeah.
0: Do they kill anybody? Yeah. The uh, communist
1: Have they killed anyone? I don't think so.
0: Based on, like the ability of a government to represent the people that's like what all the criteria yeah. is about right yeah mm-hmm. which Basically. is like a democracy yeah, yeah.
1: this doesn't this doesn't Us. Uh, this doesn't uh, believe that democracy itself is flawed it just uh it's oh, no. like based off our purest understanding of democracy which countries actually are doing the thing yeah
0: i admire that i mean a worse version of this which i'm sure exists is like how much money can people spend
1: you know right that's the level well, yeah it's interesting that it's like the economist's intelligence unit that puts it together but also like those oh, are yeah. the only people who are looking at these numbers on a global scale the intelligence unit or have access to these numbers on a global scale which maybe says more about like number one norway
0: is that for real? They
1: score 9.87. The only reason that's true is because I think that'll slowly become not true because they, racism is a huge problem in Norway. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like Norway has haunted my idea of democracy for like many years. Now I'm sort of like, it can't be that great. <laughs>
1: like I I don't know. I think, I think when there were the only white people who lived there, it was pretty great for white people. But now that there's less white people who live there. I mean, there's always been non-white there's people hysteria. living in Norway or whatever, but yeah. you know. I looked this up. Why did I look this up? Oh, because uh, Chile is uh, considered a flawed democracy. Flawed. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I
0: looked at. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the thing. Like when uh I'm interested to hear what you thought about it because like when I picked it up, I kind of felt like I I had like very clear expectations about it a little bit. Like I even t- you know, the things I was thinking about, I was like I'm going to read this book because of those ideas or whatever. But you are coming into Because you knew that it was about that? I did. I believed it was about that. I believed it was related Mm -hmm. to, yeah, that. But I don't know. What did you think of it?
1: Uh, Well, should we say what the name of the book is? The book that we both read is called (laughs) uh, By Night in Chile. Yeah. And it's written by Roberto (laughs) Bolaño. And uh, did I like it? I did like it. Um, It's kind of like, it, it does like, what it says on the tin well, which is, like, it very much sounds like a fever dream that you're, like, reading, um, because, like, the whole premise is, like, it's this guy who's, like, a failed priest, failed author, who is, like, on his deathbed recounting, like, what he thinks are, like, important things that happen in his life that he thinks, like, people now living today should know or whatever. Um, he's like, uh, let me get the record, let me set the record straight or whatever on, like, what this was actually like, and what chili was actually like and what my life was actually like or whatever. But like a lot of begins with his life, which is
0: perhaps like the consistent flaw of his whole life. Well,
1: yeah. The, the, the thing you realize is that like, not only is he like very well equipped to do this task or whatever. Uh, also his life itself is like lackluster to like flawed to like, maybe like bad. Like he was, he did some bad things, you know? Yeah. Spain? Spain is also on the list, which is interesting.
0: I mean, they had, like, a full-on...
1: They're, like, on the The... bottom. They're, like, 19 or whatever of the 20 full democracies. Yeah, yeah, there's some countries on here where I'm, like, Hmm. I don't
0: know. Okay, but, like, what is that specifically? Other than, like, he's, like, occasionally, like... A joke like yeah i mean the he's, self-seriousness is he's definitely a joke
1: and that becomes very clear like from the start of the novella is that like this guy is silly like he yeah. like he's a little dramatic he's like a little like uh in his own head and he like is like romantic but in like the stupid way that people often think that romantics are you know whereas like everything is like this kind of like cosmic uh thing right well what do you okay
0: so there's clearly like a, uh, opinion about this main character yeah. is the narrator, right? Yeah. You feel that. Yeah.
1: But then like, as it goes along, the thing that I was struck by is that like, this guy is like kind of like a black hole. Like he doesn't believe he like purports to believe about a lot, like believe a lot of things and represent a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, about like art and like criticism and what it means to be like Chilean or just like an intelligent person in the world. But then, like, in every situation where he is given the opportunity to demonstrate that, he either fails or kind of, like, actively works against what he purports to believe, is what I was struck with. Yeah, So it's like, he doesn't mm -hmm. really, he's like nothing. He, like, doesn't believe in anything, and he doesn't take any action, and he's kind of just, like, shuttled along through his life. Where you he know, could so, have like shown done something or yeah, shown something. Yeah, it's hard because he's definitely obfuscating.
0: If if this such a thing exists, right? He's like kind of like my. I was thinking about my dad. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, if there is a clear
1: moment, a it's when he. It's after he meets uh, Mr. Rafe and Mr. Etach, uh yeah. where they like two mysterious yeah. businessmen who like say that they are um, like they specialize in importing and exporting and like the narrator kind of hypothesizes that he thinks that they like do like canning, you know, like they're canning fish and like sending it to other parts of the world or whatever. But it's not really clear like where their money comes from and like what their actual interests are. But they say that they have a job for him and they kind of have this weird like roundabout way of like getting him to agree with them. But basically they say like, we represent a group of people, uh, basically the church, the Opus Dei, um, this like sect of the Catholic church who is interested in preserving churches abroad in Europe and we're worried about the sanctity of like a lot of these historical Mm -hmm. places. And since you're a writer, but also like a critic and also a, a former or like present, he's like a former member of the church. He like was trained to be a priest, but didn't ever actually like, Start working at a church. I forget about that. Yeah,
0: there's no description of him doing anything priestly. Yeah, (laughs) except for this and like wearing
1: his robes all the time, which is like a thing that he like often finds himself. He's like, oh, I'm wearing my priest, my cassock or whatever, my priest robes. Um, But basically, they ask him like, can you go on a tour of Europe and check in with all these churches and make sure that they've developed some kind of system to um, basically preserve the buildings. Because it's like valuable architecture, valuable "quote unquote" culture Mm -hmm. that we want to preserve, and he's like, "Yeah, this sounds good." Uh, Like, and I'll use my column in the newspaper to write about it or whatever. And he goes on this tour of Europe, and it seems a lot more like a vacation than it does like an actual job. And he has a good time, and he enjoys it. And the first person he meets is like uh, the father of like a chapel or whatever, who says that like the thing they've devised to preserve these churches is um they have like a special tool and he kind of is vague at first like what their Mm -hmm. tool is but he says like the real risk to all these buildings is pigeons like pigeon poo the chemicals in it slowly erode the um stone of the buildings Mm -hmm. so we need a way to get rid of the pigeons so you're like okay like what could they possibly (laughs) like okay i understand how this could be a problem but also like how there must be like a really simple solution for this and when he meets the guy the next morning, um, the guy like has a box with him and uh, he opens up the box and inside it's like a falcon <laughs> and he's wearing like a leather glove. Right. And basically all of these uh, priests and like members of the clergy at these different chapels have learned falconry and like that's their solution for um, getting rid of the pigeons that are like an existential threat for the architecture of the church. It's like, we're going to use falcons that we've trained. Yeah that all have these really, like, evocative names from um, either, yeah. like, uh, religious texts or, um, like, Greek, uh, what's it called? Like, Greek uh, literature. Yeah.
0: Did you think that was, okay, when the Falcon enters the stage, it's very interesting because the felt like, the Falcon itself is very, like, evocative and sort of terrifyingly described and, like, powerful. Mm-hmm. Did you, was that ironic? That was, or, it was. It's, saying, a, it's definitely it
1: her, a comedic moment when it happens because it's you're like, funny. These the way you're two describing it dudes him, yeah. like have their robes <laughs> and their glove <laughs> and uh, kind of just doing what people say.
0: Do you feel like you have a sense of like the moments of choice, which this guy never understood, was like a monumental moment of choice for him?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because like we know him as a schlub, and he's like our clearest representation of the church. And the people we meet who are also related to the church aren't super, like, impressive. So this being the solution to their problem is definitely comedic. Yeah. But also, like, the longer he spends with these um, clergymen without saying anything, the more sinister I feel like the Falcon imagery becomes. Okay.
0: Because it feels very sinister to me. I feel like there's something, I don't know, there's something about the Falcon.
1: I mean, to me, and this is a question... maybe we're getting ahead of... Oh, yeah. Do you want me to go there? Because I have like a question that, uh-huh. about this, but also like what I think the author seems interested in, the author of the novel seems interested yeah. in.
0: Do I mean, you what, me
1: whatever. Um, I mean, basically, it seems like he is very interested in fascism or at least like extreme ideology um, and how like that comes about not through um, like radical people and necessarily even radical action but through, like, inaction and people not really believing in anything at all and not really engaging with anything at all. And, like, the, like, the falcon is, like, a clear example of, like, we could have just put up those little spike things on the churches that keep the pigeons from landing and pooing, but instead we, like, invited a dangerous predator into our house yeah. and we trained it to kill things for us. And we know that, like, it doesn't necessarily trust us and we don't trust it. Um, but it shouldn't be a problem right like what what's what's wrong with uh, having like a dangerous animal in your house you know the falcon uh, is so fascist and that feels like yeah that feels like fascism to Trying me to or kill. like any kind of like conservative ideology is like oh yeah it makes sense because we have like a really visceral problem that we feel like we need a visceral solution to but uh maybe that's not actually good because the visceral solution sometimes doesn't go away or it has like a mind of its own
0: right that falcon comes up again in the end right or he imagines seeing it. He it's does. It's not really much yeah, of a thing. He meets
1: but... a. He sees one of these like fathers die. Like the last church he goes to, the uh, the head of the church there is like sick, and the falcon also seems to be sick. It's like shivering, and he watches him die, the guy. And he takes the falcon out, and he like lets it go. Its name is Rodrigo, <laughs> and he like lets it go, and it like flies away, and it kills some pigeons for him, and like there's this big gust of wind where, like, his uh, priest smock like, blocks his view. Like, it's actually very, like, funny if you imagine what it looks like because he's, like, his skirt is up and, like, he can't see anything. And when it draws back down after the wind settles, like, the falcon is gone. Like, it's just escaped or whatever. Uh, and it's, like, loose in the city. And uh, later in the novel, near the end, he has this kind of, like, weird dream, like, vision thing of meeting the falcon yeah, it de- it definitely the Falcon by the end of the novel has become, like, a sinister thing for him as well. Yeah. But he doesn't, he, like... But he doesn't know he why. He doesn't know why, doesn't and it? that's it's his just, problem. That's, yeah. like, one of his main problems.
0: Yeah, fuck. There's something there about, like, being able to ask questions but never the right question. Because he's always... He seems, like, a very... And like, never
1: interested in the answer. He's, yes. like, never interested in any answer he gets from anyone.
0: Oh, th- I think that's it. That's, yeah. like, the, like
1: like not really commenting on the falconry thing he like accepts it he's like this isn't weird at all yeah
0: that's what the wrong question is the wrong question is one which you're not really interested in the answer mm-hmm. <laughs> you should ask a question you know he's like constantly sort of appraising himself in the questions he asks that's what it sounds yeah. like he's not like yeah. there doesn't feel like there's depth necessarily in his interrogation of things it, there's like no interrogation of anything right other than like uh i don't know describing how beautiful it is or sort of like mysterious and epic
1: yeah you know he, just, uh, he has a lot of moments where he's like a ship passing in the sea with somebody else where like they're clearly not understanding each other you know uh yet they're still talking to each other yeah. um there's that that other scene where he's getting coffee with uh, farewell who is this like literary critic who's like very famous in chile who like he admired had some kind of weird like mentor mentee relationship with And it's just, like, stayed in his life for some reason or another. It becomes unclear, but there's, like, a weird... There's also, like, a pass that the guy makes on him, like, very early on in the novel that's also, like, mostly unremarked upon. But they're getting coffee, and, like, they look outside of the street, and there's, like, a some kind of weird light thing. Like, either there's, like, a blackout, there's, like, a weird, like, flashing light thing where, like, they're seeing lights and shadows play, like, on the street outside, And they have this really like ponderous conversation where like farewell is like staring into like a scrying glass and uh, Mm. he's asking him questions about like what he sees and like what it means for the state of the world and for Chile and like for literature at large or whatever. And then a farewell eventually like stops entertaining him and just says like, I'm like, like I have to go to the bathroom. I forget what his thing is. Like I don't see anything or like, you know, Mm. Um, and just like really, it goes on and on and on. Um, And, yeah, he just has, like, a lot of moments like that where, like, he either thinks it's, like, a bigger deal than it is or is, like, for some reason he believes he has to pretend that it is so he, like, plays up these big moments that aren't actually moments at all. Um, Or, yeah, he just doesn't understand that someone doesn't see things how he does or that it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. You said that he's, like, a void, and I think that's very interesting because, like, I... I feel like in Bologna's work or whatever, or, yeah, in general, he has, like, this romantic thing, which, uh, like, in the sense of fucking, uh, what's the guy's name? Like, Byron or whatever, like, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or British romanticism. Um, but specifically, like, I think of, like, the idea of the sublime, which is sort of, like, you can conjure it up if you think about, like, a big ass mountain with a thunder, like a terrifying thunderstorm over it. And mm-hmm. you're like down on the bottom, you know, it's both like a terrifying and like beautiful sensation. That's like right. the sublime, right. you know, that's kind of like Frankenstein is maybe a little bit like that with the terror, you know, you know, those, the genre is sort of defined by those feelings. And like, I feel like he's trying to find like the sublime in, in the things he does. And, like, focusing on the void or, like, this guy who's, like, not, like, terrifying, but he becomes kind of terrifying in the sense that he's sort of, like, I don't know, right? Was he, like, terrifying for you? Or he's you? just like,
1: oh, wow, I, I, the reaction I kept having is, like, wow, that's how he's gonna, like, that's yeah. how he's gonna do it. Or you, know? yeah. It's, like, kind of mystifying the his different reactions to everything are, like, that's your take on this is, like. Uh, like, another critical moment, and this happens not long after the he comes back from his trip <laughs> doing the falconry in Europe or whatever, is the uh, the people in Chile elect Allende as, like, president, and this is, like, the first time that a socialist president has ever been elected in, like, a liberal democracy, basically, in the history of the world. <laughs> uh, and his, like, take is, like, oh, it was, like, a very traumatic time for me. Like, I had to... I had to like return to my safe place, which is like Greek literature. And I, you know, naturally I started with uh I started with Homer or whatever, and then I, just, I worked my I way on. up. Yeah. And like basically like all of the most important events in Chilean history are like happening in the background as he's like yeah. diving into Greek literature. Okay.
0: That to me is scary. Yeah. That that's okay, that's why I even picked up this book, I feel like. It's I'm glad you said that. I feel like that is illuminated that. Like I had I was I was thinking about this fear of like Being on the sideline, in a sense, of things that are actually important. Like, yeah. Because that's this guy's thing. He constantly misses out on what is the right question to ask.
1: Right. But also, like, he is anti... Like, he thinks that the whole, like, situation was just, like, a bother. Like, it was, like, a very, you know, it was, like, a distraction and annoying. And he finds comfort again once Allende is, like, overthrown... Mm -hmm. Kills himself and then Pinochet becomes the like military like dictator of Chile and it's just like this is this is like a very particular kind of conservatism because it's like, um, it's like not hateful. It's just like self centered and yeah. uh, you don't even care enough yeah. to like
0: be conservative. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's very. You're weird. sort of bothered.
1: Yeah, and then you go back to your
0: life when the vague authoritarian returns. Right. Because it never really mattered to you. I I did think it was very funny when he has to teach them about Marxism. Yeah, that's a it's wild... like, so stupid. That's,
1: like, a wild... That's, like, you can imagine... I don't know. This wouldn't be, like, a great movie, but there are definitely, like, sequences in this novel that you can imagine either as, like, a montage in film or just, like, as a funny setup for, like, a comedic scene in a comedy, you know? Um, yeah, the same two men who, like, send him to Europe to learn about falconry... Like also like it seems like maybe this was a test to see like is he pliable enough to like want to work with the military dictator and like the answer is yes of course he doesn't ask any questions any scary thing he's like oh yeah okay yeah makes sense um, so they ask him like can you teach a class like how familiar are you with Marxism. And he's like, well, he's like a oh, little comfortable. So he's great. like, as, as familiar or unfamiliar as any person is. And then they're like, but like, have you read any? Like, do you know yeah. Karl Marx or whatever? How he's many like, books like, are on your bookshelf right. is like the question. Yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> and uh, basically they ask him, like, can you teach the military, like Junta, the like leaders of Chile now, these three generals or whatever, can you teach them about Marxism? And he's like, yeah, yeah I guess like it's, it's solemn duty. You'll pay me to do it. Like I'll do it. Um, he like finds some kind of like nationalistic pride in doing it or whatever. It's not
0: even really clear to me what his concern is. Mm-hmm. Is he concerned with the? He's concerned that
1: they'll think he's a Marxism, but yes. not because like that's like a bad thing. Like not even because he thinks it's like a bad thing because for the coup, like yeah. Marxists are enemies now or whatever. But more just because like he personally like disagrees with some of the like semantic elements of uh marxism in general or whatever it's like a very weird again like his response is not the obvious one it's like the like a but actually kind of thing Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um but yeah the whole sequence where he's like teaching pinochet about about marx and they keep getting caught up in this one like (laughs) like female like socialist author or whatever and they're like is she hot though like yeah, and person. it's very funny, and he has that weird like walk in the garden with Pinochet where like huh. it's like vaguely threatening, but also like not. Like, yeah, it's it's very strange. Oh,
0: oh yeah, that 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 scene is very interesting because he talks Pinochet Pinochet
1: does like a total Donald Trump thing, where yeah, he's like, "I've like, written books." They're like, all, <laughs> yeah, like, how many books do
0: you think they've written?
1: Yeah, they didn't I've read, read any books. Yeah, <laughs> I've written many books on the military, of course, but I've written books. Yeah,
0: yeah, this this little book is so ambivalent about like the virtue of literature that's like the real shit right yeah or just like
1: artists in general i think yeah. um and like art culture or like the art world you know i was gonna say like when i initially read it and i got to the part where he meets pablo Neruda, i stopped i told you i stopped because i was like oh I, I was like well that's funny like we're doing real people now or yeah. whatever because yeah. up until this point it's been like fictional characters uh and And then i kept going and like the kind of nuance take on artists is like they're not as bad as critics but they're definitely also bad again because they do that thing where they're like not willing to engage with the world in any like meaningful way they're kind of they choose to separate themselves yeah um and that's like sometimes it can produce beauty but it doesn't like produce anything of meaning or whatever
0: because the other... Like, literally,
1: he meets Pablo Neruda, and Neruda's, like, talking to the moon. He's, like, alone at the party. He's not talking to anyone else. He's talking to the moon, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. Like, we see where this guy's priorities are at or whatever.
0: This is really interesting. You describing the scenarios makes the comedy seem way more obvious to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that means I kind of got duped by this guy's style of speaking. hmm and just the writing in general, because it's like very evocative and sort of like mysterious yeah. and strange. Mm-hmm. Um, like the scenarios he walks in. Mundane essentially, but the way it's revealed is always like, What what does this mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's Paul is just literally like talking to the moon like a weirdo. Yeah,
1: But that's like the poet thing. Yeah. It's like you're you know, you're finding the, the beauty in like normal life or whatever, but you're not actually like living in normal life, like, you're not actually doing the living thing or whatever. Um, yeah. And, like, as you get to know Farewell and the fact that he's friends with Neruda also, I feel like, casts Neruda in, like, a, a questionable light or whatever. Because yeah. Farewell is, like, a clearly, like, problematic yeah character, I, I find, yeah. you know? Well, the,
0: the Neruda thing also, I feel really, like, is, I don't know, it's very tightly uh, connected to... I forget her name, but there's the female writer who like has the big beautiful house, which has all the parties.
1: In oh, it, Maria Canellas or whatever. Oh, is that a real? Is that a real person? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. Know I didn't either. look. I didn't bother to look it up. It's good that he ends the novel with that because that is like another further like perfect crystallization of like the whole thing that's going on. Yeah. In this story, or like what he's kind of thinking about, you know. Yeah, it
0: it has everything in it. There's like, I don't know the presence of the american husband there as like a murderer. Yeah, you Feels... realize that he's like an agent of the CIA yeah. or whatever and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: he's like been interrogating and killing uh like communists in Chile. Yeah. It's like a yeah.
0: But I feel like I don't know. And they this... never knew because they're always yeah.
1: having their stupid parties at her house. They never knew that there was someone in the basement. And when he does first hear the story oh. of the prisoner It's like initially told as like a spooky, like, ooh, like scary story. You don't realize that the actual like reality of like, oh, it's like a political prisoner who's going to be killed.
0: I feel it's even worse than that because people do find the basement and not just one person finds the basement. This is like the joke. Like three people consecutively leave the party. They're a little drunk and they're like, oh, what are these doors? They're sort of like descending into this mysterious underbelly of the house. And they open the door. It's all like a horror short story or whatever. And they and they see the body like gagged, tied, silent. And then they just close the door and <laughs> like, leave. And to then the party. someone else does the same exact thing. Yeah. Three people do the thing because he
1: hears the story multiple times from different people. Yeah, yeah. But that's like that's like the thing is like the art world is like the cover for like the actual. <laughs> Like, when you when you supposedly care about everything and see the beauty in everything, but you don't actually do anything, um, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for, like, people who just want power or just want to exert power in other people to, like, move behind you and, like, use you as a cover for, like, doing what they actually want to do. That was, like, my takeaway from the <laughs> novel is, like, this is what went on in Chile. This is, like, what's going on in the world all the time. Right. It's, like, people who feel things and always are talking about how they feel things and, like believe in truths and values about the world but don't actually like act on any of their things that they supposedly believe in like if you don't act on your beliefs you're not actually you don't believe in anything because like yeah what does it matter if you're not going to do anything god
0: and the worst example of this is to be a poet or something to be a poet that does nothing right right because you're so certain in the, like, I don't know, that your words touch on eternity. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> truth do and, like, the value
1: of life and the beauty of the world right. or whatever. You,
0: you're you setting yourself up to look exactly like the fool that this, this uh, father is.
1: Yeah. It's so scary, too, when he goes back to her house, like, mm-hmm. years on or whatever, and it's, like, all run down. And he realizes, like, oh, it never really was as beautiful as I thought. It's, like, just, like, a big old McMansion, like, mm-hmm. on the thing. And, uh, she answers and they talk and she like has no money anymore. And like the husband was extradited to the U S and, uh, she like still asked him, like, do you want to see the basement? Like, do you want yeah. to see the basement? Cause she knew about it the whole time. That's the other thing about the stories is like this author, aspiring author woman who like became the like matriarch of the like art community in Chile during Pinochet's regime. Like she knew that this shit was going on, but she didn't care yeah and it's like a good i i feel like i highlighted it but i don't uh i would have to get my copy out but like there's like a good line that kind of summarizes this thing of like yes when you do something enough times or whatever um it's easy to forget like why you're doing in the first place or like what the actual thing was or something Hmm. talking about like repetition and like how they had these parties but they never really thought about like what is this house and like where are we and who are these people like this strange american man who visits here or whatever yeah yeah it's uh it's wild the final paragraph of the book is good too
0: it's like is it with the giant or something or what's the final paragraph
1: he has this whole thing where like he's often throughout his narration he's addressed uh his story to like a, a wizened youth um which is like a strange concept that i feel like he explains in the beginning but like he kind of like say like who he imagines the wizened youth is or whatever the first section
0: i don't know if i i i don't think so i think it's more like not like a literal person yeah. he's like
1: erecting like a straw man figure who yes. he's like this is the person who won't understand why i'm yeah important oh, it's, or like.
0: it's a straw man figure that occasionally approaches on like a visual
1: hallucination
0: like he's, right, so he's like sometimes imagines him in
1: the room or whatever exactly yeah. but then at the end of the novel he realizes like maybe i'm yes the wizened youth or whatever right. um and he kind of has this whole realization, and then like the last paragraph, after he has this sudden like come to supposed come to Jesus yeah. moment, is like, and then the shitstorm starts.
0: And then the shitstorm.
1: And I took it as like, sure, like maybe this was a troubling idea to him, but more literally, like he just started shutting himself in bed or whatever, because okay. um, he's like old and sick and incontinent or whatever and dying. I, oh God,
0: so good. That line is maybe a test of that, like. If you if you know that he's shitting the bed, you've like read the book right or right. something. But if you're like, what does it mean? You like still kind of believe him. The wizened youth. Uh, it's such so... like a paradoxical
1: okay. phrase. Yeah. Wizened is like an old, like old and shriveled is or it whatever. Wizened. Wizened, same same difference. Sure. Like it's a adjective that's attached to old, experienced yeah. people. You know. And this is like a young person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the wizened youth funny that he tries to like transform the realization of his cowardice into like a thing that's courageous for him or something <laughs> right
1: this thing that i purport to not like i'm it or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. the radical self-love yeah. or whatever
0: but... but yeah it was weird that i picked it up feeling like it would resolve a question for me because mm-hmm. i don't think that's at all the interest of the book to like mm-hmm. resolve anything
1: you know oh, yeah no it's more like this is a
0: It's trying to make something, you know, I feel like it again is there's some sort of terrifying thing about being this boring. (laughs) And could we actually make it as scary as like a sublimely scary thing as like a mountain? Yeah, something truly like bone
1: chilling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What when does it start to like get into you in the way that, you know, the sublime is? I don't
1: know. Because you had told me that you read this. Where you uh, picked this up because you were thinking about 9-11.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it was a lot of things. I was... Yeah, and like... Well, I've been thinking about 9-11 in general, right? Which we had kind of talked about. That, like, moment. And to me, I just kept thinking, like... The moment of that was that immediately after was, like... Nothing. Like... Consequences it feels very ambivalent about like an epoch changing or defining moment like it kind of happened there's like this war and like i don't know it's weird that it feels like nothing but then i can also name all the things that happened that are super real you know what i yeah. mean
1: i think history's take on the 911 thing and i say like history's take because i feel like you can't come to this conclusion other than with like the perspective of history yeah uh is that like the problem with 911 and the endless war that came afterwards is that we arrived at an answer too quickly <laughs> mm-hmm. like it that's this is the fastest anything's ever been done in the u.s in terms of like government action and like moving as a nation or whatever mm-hmm. is like deciding to we're gonna we're gonna get our we're gonna get it but get them back or whatever yeah um and that is uh should have thought about that more maybe right. meditated on that a little bit more
0: I mean, the other lingering thing is that I understand it's, like, being, like, I didn't live through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I would feel the change differently. It's never registered me as, like, a thing that, like, changed people.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not individual. It's just something
0: so horrible can happen, and then the world can remain horrible. (laughs) I think that is what's... I maybe believe that, like, when a bad thing happens, some people will try to do something good afterwards. Oh, I mean, I,
1: I think the reality is something horrible happens and the world gets worse. Like, I don't... The, yeah. I don't... The I, You'd be hard-pressed to, like, even count on one hand the amount of times where, like, something horrible's happened and the world got better. Yeah. Like, I can't... I, I can't think of an example. Uh, this At least not on a... Not on the scale of, like, a country. Like, maybe on the personal level, maybe <laughs> that's happened to people. But, uh, like... I mean, thinking of the novel, I was like, I am reticent to talk about this because like I feel like I don't have enough information mm-hmm. about like Chilean history uh, yeah. to like talk about this, but uh much like like Allende getting elected and then overthrown and like that kind of ushering in like a new like neoliberal era in uh Chile, uh it seems that that was true of nine eleven as well, yeah, that like. Structure of government-wise, Chile is actually like remarkably similar to the U.S. You know, like they have a two-house Congress, they have a president, like they vote the same way. Like it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Like they're the only like constitutional like republic or whatever in existence other than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like got to the socialism thing before we did, yeah, and it like worked, and it was like almost it was working. It was like a little rough because it was like not a violent revolution, but like definitely the people who were like in the socialist party in Chile, like believed that they would have to take like dramatic physical action in order to like assure that like what they were doing would happen. Mm -hmm. They like did the land grab thing. They were like renegotiating territory. They nationalized like several of the like largest industries in the country. Uh, The
0: whole time, like, Oh, someone's going to come for this. Right. The whole time is
1: like now, like you've done your thing, but you've become like an even larger target. And like, Salvador Allende was elected, but the, like, Christian, like, Democratic Party or whatever, which is, like, I don't even know what they'd be the equivalent of, like, but they were still in control of the Congress, and they, like, fought as hard as they could, basically, to, like, make him a lame duck kind of president thing, and the whole controversy of his presidency was, like, he was taking a lot of action as a president, like, using executive power that mm, traditionally he wouldn't be allowed to do kind of like a war powers thing mm. or like basically like what the U S president does now. Like you can do a lot with a presidential, um, what's it called? Decree or what's it called? Executive action. Yeah. Um, that you used to not be able to do so right before Pinochet took power. They were like yeah. voting to like, are we going to try and strip the president him of uh, all of his like executive yeah. function or whatever. Right. Um, and he's offer was like, what if we didn't vote? Like it's a, a plebiscite or whatever. It's like we're, the whole nation's going to vote, And they're going to decide, like, do I remain president? And before that could happen, Pinochet took over and, like, the military took over and basically decided, like, actually, (laughs) no more constitution, no more democracy. I'm going to be president for 16 years. (laughs) And it feels like that happened in the U.S. after 9-11. Like, all it takes is, like, one big dramatic change for, like, anyone to kind of, like, swoop in and take power or, like, you know... Swoop in and do something, Move, nudge things in the direction they want to go.
0: It was the opening, I don't know, it, it's, this is the tyranny of it, is to think about like, oh fuck, 9-11, Donald Trump. And it's like, yeah, history is really fucking simple, man. <laughs> That's it, you know? There's all these, I don't know, you imagine all the complexity and it's like, actually, you're a prisoner to that moment. And boom, 20 years later, here's the consequences of it. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of terrifying. My real thing is I was thinking about all the school shootings. And I was like, Jesus Christ. uh, Like, I'm completely numb to this, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, literally with the uh, thing in New Zealand, I was like, I, I breathed a sigh of relief that it didn't happen in the United States. That was like my second thought. I was like, oh, this didn't happen in the U.S. That's strange but also i feel a profound feeling of lightness at that at the time it was happening i was like looking at it on twitter and like i was talking to richie about like how he was going to go on like a trip to joshua tree and i was like yeah that sounds cool man you know like you do and then in my hand was the reminder of this insane horrible thing right i don't know it was terrifying do you see the terror in that (laughs) is that terrifying
1: yeah it's terrifying cause
0: you have to you you have to say that when someone is like in that scenario right like you're going on the trip I don't know do you begin to like rave about what's happened I don't really know I don't really know how I feel about this or how it's connected like honestly. when
1: someone tells you like so you like a, a friend from school or whatever tells you that their grandma died bad even though you haven't met their grandma, because you're like, oh, I know this person was meaningful to my friend who I do care about because I do know them. Um, So naturally, I feel sad. And I might feel some, like, base level sadness for, like, the loss of human life because I, like, as, like, someone who, like, identifies as a humanist or whatever, like, knows that it's sad anytime something dies because, like, life is definitely better than death, even though death is natural or whatever. Uh, The same kind of sadness as you would feel if like you had met the person or if they were your grandma or whatever, you know, some kind of closer connection. I feel the same way about the school shooting kind of thing is like, I don't really know these people. So the sadness I feel is more for like the state of the world and like the loss of human life rather than for like the individual people.
0: I worry that I don't feel sad anymore. Is that crazy? If I, I mean, I think, think that's
1: natural it. too. It ha- It's happened a lot. Like, it's natural for you to be desensitized to some extent because if you felt everyone like the first one. Yeah. You would maybe not go to work. Like, you wouldn't, you'd stay home or what, you know, like you couldn't live your life. Yeah. Um, so, like, you can decide whether or not you want to feel bad about the fact that you don't feel as bad as you sh- think you should about bad things happening, but I don't know. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's like a natural reaction is what I mean. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to use the word productive, but I do think it gets in the way of you living. Yeah. To feel like you have to, everyone has to be as big as the first one or whatever.
0: It feels like I have all, I have this emotional callous, like from all the friction of these things. And it's like history is like trying to rub me out of existence. (laughs) Like just keep fucking scrubbing. Until you don't really care about anything. I mean. Because you feel powerless. I don't know.
1: The other argument is like you wouldn't even know that these existed without TV and the internet. Mm -hmm. So like in a world where, you know, maybe you don't afford, you can't afford internet or like you don't watch TV or, you know, there's like lots of reasons why you might live a less quote unquote digital or connected life. Um, You just wouldn't know. You wouldn't know until like weeks or months later when you like read it in the newspaper or someone else brought it up to you, or and like, should you be struck by the same kind of sadness if you knew like five minutes after it happened, or like you were one of the unlucky people who was on Facebook when it happened and you saw the live stream or you saw someone repost photos, which is like, why the fuck are people reposting photos? Crazy or very stupid to do I
0: that. Can't even enter into the psychology. Um, I don't
1: know why? Yeah yeah i don't i don't know i i don't feel anything <laughs> about it and uh i feel a little bit bad that i don't but i also am like that's um you know that i can't make myself feel more and if i did i can't say that i would feel better for feeling more right
0: my fear is that is this what uh the guy in the books tells himself
1: i don't even i think the problem with his character is he doesn't even get that far uh-huh. As to think that he should feel something and it's bad that he doesn't, like, he doesn't even get that far. Right. Like, he he has some moments of, like, inside or, like, yeah. but it's never never acted upon and never, like, followed. This and is- that's why I said, like, when I, when I texted you that, like, this character is, like, the Principal Skinner <laughs> meme, you know, where he's, like, looking at the uh, destroyed, like, store or whatever. And he's, like, maybe... <laughs> Maybe uh, I was wrong and all the young people were right. <laughs> and then, like, the next panel is like, no, actually, like... Just the children. I, was, I was Yeah, yeah. That's, like, this character. Right. He doesn't... He never makes it, you know, to the, like, actual end of any thought that he has.
0: Yeah. Or if he does, he can only see himself. Like, he can only look as far as himself. Mm-hmm. I think it's very funny to me when he talks about his dad... <laughs> Or, like, being
1: a boy. Right. He, it's, a couple times he brings up this memory of his dad.
0: It's, like, a nothing memory. Uh, and it's, like, he's exerting all this energy to make it mean something. Right.
1: He portrays it as, like, a weirdly sinister and mysterious thing that you imagine, like, in the film version of this, wouldn't be actual footage of the actors or, like, younger actors they cast, but would, like, be cheaply produced, like, stock footage that they would cycle in for, like, a comedic effect, you know? Yeah. Like it feels like he's describing like stock imagery of like troubled childhood with yeah. a you know, oppressive father or whatever. looks like a
0: hallmark yeah. movie or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that anytime makes me he, feel better. Anytime he describes yeah. it it's like an obtrusion. And like he makes he decides to describe it like it's intruding on his actual thoughts or whatever. Yeah. You know, like Yeah, the lesson of the book is like when something happens, you don't retreat, you like step forward or whatever. Um and better than stepping forward, you like step forward and reach out a hand or do you know do something you know? Yeah. Because um, a lot of characters in the story and the character who's the narrator like step back mm-hmm. or step sideways or like like kind of like do this you know where they're like yeah. I don't want to look at this Absolutely. thing or whatever. Um, and the like not heartening but like grim like determination thing of the shooting in New Zealand was like them like five days later passing their like ban on automatic weapons or whatever. Right. Um, which is like, this is like, you know, one drop in the bucket kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like, eh, it's like a good example of people like actually acting, you know, that's the best a government can do is like do justice, which is like reacting to a bad thing that happened or whatever.
0: You're reminding me another large part of this whole, I don't even know what to call it that I've made us do Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, uh, the press release from that, like sh- straight up racist, not na- the straight up Nazi uh, senator from New Zealand. Have you read this thing?
1: Oh yes, I that did.
0: Uh, it basically is the fault of the people right. in the church who were killed. They yeah. have a violent religion. Yeah, I. It was like I don't know, appalling.
1: It was, was appalling, and it was also like this is like I thought we had moved past this justification. Yeah. Like this is like the. Like basic bitch kind of racism or whatever. Like this is like the most basic bitch Islamophobia. Like it's you know? so
0: loud, so on the nose yeah. that I was like,
1: "Wait, you're gonna just, just say like it?" Like normally, where people are more nuanced about this kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that I don't know that put in me this just sense of alarm of like it's going down. It's like it's happening. Okay, yeah, this is this is the thing. Like. This phrase keeps coming to me, whatever, randomly when I think about like all this stuff going on in the present is like the idea that it's going down. You know what I mean? Like the thing is happening and it's scary, but I know what it is. But then am I going to do anything? I feel like I'm still not in it in a way that I'm going to become like the dude with his books or whatever. Like, do you feel like it's going down? Does that, like, come to you in any way where you're, like... Do you have that sense of alarm? I really want... I, I I've pushed away that sense of alarm because yeah. I thought... That's not... Yeah, you can't have valuable. the alarm
1: all the time because, that again, like... You can't, like... You'll hyperventilate. Like, you'll have a heart attack yeah. all the time, whatever. Um, I think the realization I've had... Or not even like, a realization. Just, like, a thing that I feel... I've, I've, like, I've read people express that I think is probably true or like the closest, the truth I would hold on to is that like the nature of living or like life is that like you can always step on to one side and see it as like it's going down because it's always going down.
0: Hmm.
1: Like everything is spinning apart constantly, like regardless of what stupid humans do what, like entropy is a thing and like things die and things decay and like you could stand from one angle and always see that, regardless of what you know about the world and what you know to be true and how your life is, anyone can see that. Um, in fact, some people are burdened to see that w- against their will, <laughs> and that's kind of like depression. Yeah. But uh, just the same, in like in the same way, that can be like a comfort, right? Because <laughs> like if you feel like this is evidence of it going down, like the reality is it's been going down for. <laughs> yeah. Eons, like before we were born, before our parents were born, it's been going down. It's been going down. Yeah. um And really, the heartening thing or whatever is that there are people who are like putting their heels in and like saying, like, well, it's going to go down a lot slower than you think it will, or whatever. Yeah. um And it's or like if you want to be like super romantic and like like dumb or whatever, it's like we're, it's not going down without a fight. kind of thing yeah, no, I um, think that's really it. It's yeah. not
0: going down without a fight. Is like yeah. the feeling. Yeah yeah i i don't know i had this other realization like oh i think i'm too good to get killed in a shooting in a mass shooting you know what i'm saying like do i i think i'm better in a way i don't know how do i articulate this So like i don't know. i don't know how i got to this this realization but the thing i concluded was like oh do you think you're better than all the people that have died horrible deaths like and have been like subjected to history? Basically like well yeah the you stupid take comfort example.
1: in oh it's not me or whatever like this time it wasn't me or someone i know and then it's like do you think your life is more valuable than their life or whatever or is like more likely to survive than their life?
0: Yeah or i, I don't know like there's like okay if i that sucks to talk about the holocaust
1: anyways if you <laughs> died
0: in the holocaust it's like you're sort of like had history inflicted on you because now, you know, no one can understand your death without understanding these horrible transformations of nations. Right. Um, and it's like, I feel these transformations of the nations are happening right now. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get ground to dust somehow, or like turned. The real thing is to be turned into a coward, a moral coward by doing nothing and then dying. Right. Um, to become a Nazi, right? Yeah. Uh, and like, I don't know. I need to just let myself be crushed or something, or not to not to become the, a Nazi per se, but like, fuck, to not be afraid of being crushed by a thing that's bigger than me that I can't understand. Because that's sort of the crazy, like, anxiety spiraling fear, which is that. The country is changing and somehow it's going to affect you and it's like that's like how the hell is the country changing going to directly affect you you know it's like a huge thing you're talking about you have to be very specific the thing that's going to affect you is going to be very specific actually it's probably not going to look exactly like the things happening to the country yeah, I, so to avail yourself. Uh, of that. I
1: think I mean the answer is like you're allowed to feel both or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I think like the good person, morally good person, is like willing to be crushed in the thing if it means that like this many people getting crushed means that like n- no one else has to be crushed later on or whatever. Um, like enough bodies clog up the gears so like the gears can't turn anymore. Um, but then also like yeah, you're allowed to you're allowed to like be afraid of that happening or like worry that like that's always at risk of you like just being pummeled, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because you can't uh, avoid that. Like for you to not sense anything anymore would be like to not be alive, you know,
0: to not sense the, to not sense the history or to sense
1: the the history and the pain that will come when it comes for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It also felt like a very white thing to be like, so afraid of suffering or like, uh, I mean, it is a I'd, white I'd, burden, right? an, an ugly death or something, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you'll, yeah. Death is always ugly. I don't want to like, well, the, I want to yeah. avoid absolutes, but I think like <laughs> it feels that way when I think about it, it's like, yeah, it, it could be quiet and peaceful, but it's still ugly because it's like, you know, yeah. no one's ready to go or whatever. Even people who are ready to go are not ready to go. Yeah. They're just more ready to go than they were before. Right.
0: It's definitely a fear of
1: being powerless.
0: And there's nothing more powerless than thinking history is coming for you. Because <laughs> history is the most powerful thing, right? It's the most powerful force. that Yeah.
1: We it sucks, of. too, because there are, like, people who are at the reins, it seems. Or, like, often there are, you know. Yeah. And usually if you're killed, it's because they wanted you to be.
0: Or I'm a pigeon and I'm going to shit on their church. Yeah. 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 And they're like, hey, we just cha- We just trained this freaking raptor.
1: <laughs> you know, you it's not our sky. fault. Yeah. It's the
0: only rational way to do it's it. It's the only way it works. You know?
1: Yeah, they just didn't want the churches to be destroyed. Or whatever. Did you see... I don't know. After I finished the novel, I was like looking into um, Bolaño because I was like. So, The Savage Detectives was like the other one I was mm-hmm. familiar with other than uh, 2066 or whatever. 2666. 2666. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what's his whole deal? Because um, he was like part of the Socialist Party in Chile. Um, he was arrested. He like went to prison or whatever. Um, but then after his death. <laughs> A bunch of the people he lived with in Mexico, who were like friends with him or whatever, said that, oh, like he was never actually in Chile during the 70s and 80s. Like, that's not true. He was in Mexico or whatever. Um, and no one has any records to verify it, I guess, or no one's willing to like verify that. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like an interesting wrinkle in his story because he seems to have really strong, as an author, he seems to have really strong convictions oh, yeah. about like what is uh, right and wrong and like what uh, good people do. Um and even more so, what do bad people do? You know, yeah. um, and it's just interesting that there is like a gray area right. of his life that's like goes un, um goes unaddressed, right? And it's interesting that that's kind of like what his final novel is about to a certain extent, because mm. it doesn't he cast himself as the Nazi author. <sighs>
0: does he cast himself? in terms of like what yeah. the author
1: wrote like uh-huh. during his life and what he's written during his life?
0: Uh, you know, I feel like it's never really clear what a, the author's name is Archim Boldy or mm-hmm. whatever, or that's like his, uh, pen name or yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, it's not really clear to me what his books are like or the effect they even have on people. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really described... Because I thought
1: that's what, like, that was like the interesting <laughs> final meta thing that he was doing as an author yeah. or whatever. It's like, there is this, like, mysteriousness to my life, like, as, like, a politically motivated person or whatever. And I'm going to further cast doubt on it, but say, like, maybe, like, yeah. maybe I am full of shit, but, like, does not matter or whatever, right. you
0: know? Yeah, the... Archimboldi, I feel, is definitely presented as sort of aspirational or kind of heroic, um, but also
1: monstrous. Right, because he is a German, right? He's
0: German. He did fight in the Wehrmacht or whatever, mm-hmm. um,
1: but he's left that behind. He's like, yeah, no like, longer thinks about that part of his life, other than in his writing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's even weirder than that. He's sort of defined by his alienness, like. The thing I always come back to is that as a child, he was like, became sort of obsessed with diving. So he would always like go off into the coast nearby the little village where he lived and go to look at seaweed and just like stare at it. So he's like, there's some sort of alienness about him, but he feels like a kinship with the alienness of like seaweed. Um, Yeah. Hmm. He's sort of removed from a lot of things like that it seems like there are moments that are he'll like peef discovers a literature and you're kind of like oh this is sort of like if this was a biography it would be like when he picked up his famous favorite author's book mm-hmm. and one of those is the journal of these jewish people that are were hiding in a house that he ends up hiding in because the nazi army is like collapsed and he's sort of just like, like on the road, roaming the road. around in yeah. the
1: eastern front yeah
0: yeah
1: because like regardless of like whether or not that part of Bologna's life is true, mm-hmm. and whether or not it's true of the fictional character in twenty six sixty six, like I think what's more important is that like there is a little bit of um, Father Eva uh, Cache like in everybody, or uh, what is his other name, <laughs> Yurisia Lacroix or whatever yeah. oh my gosh, in yeah. everybody, um, like inside every person is like a void that like you can feed and allow to like grow large or whatever or you can kind of keep off to the side and like you you want to define yourself by the moments when you're not peering into it rather than like when you like allow it to be the only thing you see at all times or whatever
0: i think i think this is very on point i felt like when i was reading 2666 that like Each book was like presenting something maybe important to the author that he had to like destroy within the course of the chapter Mm. or like really like just dissemble and like turn into fragments and then he would move on to the next most important thing or like Mm. yeah to an even more important thing or just go deeper into it like okay oh you thought you ended that story but and with like a but this is still important and the next chapter would be like all right here we go get the hammer out right and I feel like to your point, this book could kind of have that, this idea of like literature, right? Like being morally instructive at all. And it's like, actually literature is like a forest for you to hide in. If you're, a, if you're like a coward, right? right, right. Yeah.
1: It could be. If you're afraid of actually living. Or yeah. Whatever.
0: But in 2666, it seems like he believes in, an like epic literature. There's this, uh, description, that I always, I've been been thinking about since I read it, like that, like the field of literature is this like a Germanic forest, like a dark grip fairy, grim fairy tales. Wood Yeah. And it's like, there's the big, sturdy, beautiful oaks. And then there's no, it's the opposite. Actually. There's all the, there's the big, sturdy, beautiful oaks. Right. And that's like all these books that are just churned out constantly. And they're just like building and building this dense, thick forest that you just get lost in. You can't find your way at all. But then in there, there's like the, a beautiful flower that you can pluck and it's like the masterwork or something. Hmm. But I feel like I have to reread it to understand does he become ambivalent about that too? I think he does because, okay, the very last thing in that book kind of, Archambaldi is now like sort of... Sp- very old, still kind of, like, living, like, a weird expat life, like, floating around, um, and he, like, I'm gonna fuck this up, actually, I'm not gonna know the exact thing, but essentially, someone, like, orders ice cream, (laughs) And, like, the last thing is, like, this weird exchange with the ice cream vendor of, like, how did you like your ice cream? Oh, did it taste good? Like, <laughs> I like ice cream, too. And uh-huh. it's, like, that's, like, the end of the book. Right. So, and to me, it's sort of, like, you know, looking at you, you just close the book, and you're like, did you like your ice cream, bitch? <laughs> like, oh, you I know? love ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels pretty ambivalent about the whole thing. Yeah.
1: I mean, that novel sounds like a big, like, ponderous, like, uh, you're like you know writing or whatever kind you
0: know? of oh well, i i feel like it's very deliberate i think our relationship to writing is weird um but again the point of the referentiality of it is to like create the sublime thing and you how do you get to the sublime thing get the hammer out start busting it up and keep right. busting it up until you like until you've made something right out of the fragments you know, all the descriptions of the murders definitely feel like tapping into what everyone today believes is like a horrible thing, like, but it's fiction, but it's not fiction. Right? right? And the purpose of those is to like, keep busting up the picture. I don't know. I kind of admire it, but then I feel like they're sort of black holes, like, you know, you kind of get sucked into them. You, like, get eaten up by it, and it's, like, kind of enjoyable, but then it's, like, oof, <laughs> scary. Yeah. And I think it's good. Like, I don't know. Should a book, like, spit you out with, like, a present for you, or should it just eat you and not offer you, like, um, I keep forgetting his name, I- Mm-hmm. Like, how he thinks he's going to, like, I don't know, refine his spirit by reading the Greek's it's like, maybe th- that book is just eating you.
1: <laughs> I think, I don't know. I feel like it's important that you can do either.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but it definitely seems yeah, like you if you be. want your work to mean anything or to do anything, it should probably be all-consuming kind of thing. Maybe. Or like, you can do it more readily doing that. I don't know. I also think that like people can take a tool and use it for like an unintended purpose also. Mm-hmm. I think that people do that all the time it's like that's probably riskier but like Mm. yeah you can do that yeah the socialist history of chile is like really interesting Mm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i wish i knew more all i know is like what i've learned in like history class in school you know um
0: u.s history yeah yeah
1: unfortunately it's u.s history Which like yeah, like glazes over the like reasons why dead squads yeah the U.S. was like interested in South America and like wanted to help overthrow the government. Um,
0: I do the bad thing of sort of because of that. I have the same experience of it, imagining all the South American countries as similar in the history.
1: Which... Well, around that time, they were kind of, and not similar, obviously, culturally, but uh, they were similar politically, because, like, when Pinochet was the dictator, there was also a dictator in Argentina. I believe, like, either um, Uruguay or Paraguay also had, like, a dictator, um, or was just part of one of these countries. Um, so it was kind of, like, a bad time in South America <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, you know? There's actually a really good movie called um, La Historia Oficial that's mm-hmm. a, set in Argentina. Um, I think it might have been the first like Argentinian movie to be nominated for like Best Foreign Film at the Oscars or whatever, but it's about um, a woman who's like, a, what is her job? She might be a reporter or something, but she adopts a daughter because her and her husband can't have a kid and she never meets her um, daughter's parents ever. Uh, but then she, something happens and she decides to look into her, like, daughter's family history and she learns that um, her parents were uh, one of the, like, desaparecidos, like, the people who were disappeared in Argentina Argentina during um, this, like, military dictatorship. Um, and it kind of spirals out from there and she learns, that like, maybe her husband was involved or, like, just, like, he represents the kinds of men who were involved and did turn like a blind eye to that kind of thing happening. Mm. And like, it's a, it's a good movie. I watched it in Spanish class in high school, but, uh,
0: I think I've seen this movie. Yeah.
1: It's an excellent movie. Um, has like a, there's like a climactic moment where like the, it's like at the end of the movie, like the little girls like singing outside. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but that was, this is during the same time that, uh, Pinochet was like leader of Chile as well. Um, Basically, the U.S. had their fingers in like all of the countries in South America fighting time.
0: communism.
1: Yeah, well, I guess, sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, objectively, close, yeah,
0: <laughs> propping up authoritarians. Yeah, actually,
1: yeah, but you know the crazy thing about Pinochet, and like maybe this isn't crazy, maybe I'm also missing information on this, mm. is that he was removed from office through like a democratic vote. Well, like, there was just a national nationwide vote where it's like, yes or no. Like, is he going to have another eight years of being a president or whatever? And like, 56% of the population voted no. And he was like, well, okay, I'm done, I'm done being quote-unquote president, yeah. even though I've been president for 16 years. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, they changed the term. Yeah. Uh, so now you can only be president for four years. And you mm-hmm. can't seek re-election after four years.
0: Jesus Christ, can you imagine 16 years of... Anyone? Yeah, no, it'd be bad. I don't know. You can get
1: a lot done. You can dismantle an entire like uh, political system, which yeah. is what he did. You know, like yeah. he dissolved the constitution, made a new one. He like yeah. Yeah. You get a lot done. Right. Democracies.
0: Yeah, but it feels like we never gave it a real shot. <laughs>
1: post that, post that, uh, Chile became like considered a flawed democracy on this yeah. like Economist list or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: no, it makes total sense. I yeah. mean, when you say, oh, 16 years of this guy, I mean, he was probably padding the walls of his throne room or whatever, you know, right. the whole time. Like, hey, what if we didn't, I can do this now, you know, whatever. Right. Who knows the specifics, but you can dismantle it. A single person can.
1: Yeah, we nice. never gave it a fair shot here because we, yeah. Oh my God. What what, what like, a yeah. great
0: example of never giving it a fair yeah. shot jesus christ yeah there's like a lot
1: of reasons you could say or whatever but none of them are good excuses now
0: no no Uh, no, i mean slavery will always be there to be like you never even tried you never even cared
1: yeah i had written down like a question like uh does bologna only write about (laughs) metaphors of fascism (laughs) but uh it sounds like it's more complicated than that, but... Like I said, I think it's definitely scary interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that's the fascination. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's scary. Oh, this was wild. When he's talking about... This is near the end. And he's talking about... um Yeah, he talks about, like, the end of his life. Like, after he teaches Pinochet and he kind of, like, goes back to his normal, like, successful life or whatever. And he has this, like... I don't even know if it's true or like, this is actually what happened or like how he imagines he spent like the back half of his life or whatever. Um, But he talks about how how he's like a splendid Chilean because like he does all this touring and like writing and speaking abroad, but he always comes back home. Like he always comes back to Chile because how could he be called a splendid Chilean unless he like (laughs) came back home or whatever. Um, And he talks about these like uh, grains of sand with, like, paintings inscribed on them or whatever. I know. Um, And life went on and on like a necklace of rice grains on each grain which a landscape had been painted, tiny grains and microscopic landscapes, and I knew that everyone was putting the necklaces on and wearing it, but no one had the patience or the strength or the courage to take it off and look at it closely and decipher each landscape grain by grain, partly because to do so required the vision of a lynx or an eagle, and partly because the landscapes usually turned out to contain unpleasant surprises like coffins, makeshift cemeteries, ghost towns, the void and the horror, the smallness of being in its ridiculous will, people watching television, people going to football matches, boredom circumnavigating the Chilean imagination like an enormous aircraft carrier. Like, this, to me, like, I know that this is, like, part of his, like problem as a person or whatever mm-hmm. is like this idea of the world but to me this rang like sort of true as like a thing yeah. i feel the exact same thing yeah
0: this is a thing that has haunted me this right. description of the grains with the landscapes written on them mm-hmm. the, okay like, what was yet
1: well I'm yeah sure. this is like his problem of like seeing life as this grand like cosmic dance that he is like what a star uh do i have the page numbers let me tell you I might. might, Oh, it's for me, it's page 105. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how many pages your copy has. Mine might might have more pages or less. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's like part of his uh, problem as like a person to like see things in this grand scope of like uh, life and death and art and living or whatever. And he's like a star player in it, you know? Um, But it's not true. Obviously, he's not a star player. In fact, he's like very lackluster and like not good necessarily at what he does and like seems to believe the wrong things. Um, And he could have these moments of what I think is like true insight about like, the problem of like living and like making art in this world or whatever. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was
0: gonna say. No, no, yeah. Yeah. It, it, now you're like, oh, is Bologna saying this? Is that kind of the feeling? Yeah, maybe. Because you know. feel like you get to understand his thinking about the character, and mm-hmm. then sometimes the character sounds like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. The he's no longer speaking. He's no longer a tool for the author. Right. He's like become the author. Right. That to me just feels like a good fiction thing of like, I don't know. Starts to become a soup. Maybe your expectations. You know, it doesn't really matter the origin, maybe, or, like, who is thinking it at that moment, but it yeah. is something.
1: I guess he can... he The character is allowed to see truth in the world and just not act on it in any way or, like, react to it correctly. Because he's describing kind of, like, a brain drain, like, in Chile, like, post-Pinochet and, like, the restoration of democracy in the country of, like, the art, like, nothing hit quite the same as it used to or whatever. Yeah. Um. Cause like people were bored and they were just like overwhelmed with like a Man. bunch of different things going on. Yeah. They were basically traumatized and uh, yeah, nothing was quite the same. Like, I think this is his introduction to the Maria Canellis story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause he gets into like how the art world was kind of destroyed and how the refuge was like going to these parties that would like be all night because of the curfew. So you'd like go to her house, stay there till morning and then like walk home or whatever
0: because they were bored
1: yeah and the reality is that like this uh, expression of their boredom or like this kind of like lesser version of whatever their art- artist's life was before was actually the cover for like a um, american diplomacy or like empire in yeah. south america
0: <laughs> yeah i'm thinking about how in bolaño's biography i don't know if you encountered this he's sort of like a bohemian streak when he's younger of like starting a poet movement by himself and like shouting down other poets and like running in the street you know like yeah he doesn't he didn't romantic. like
1: uh, isabella young very much yeah
0: um but it's very romantic mm. kind of idea of like what a like you know swashbuckling poet person does and that kind of like bohemian thing i feel like he's like perhaps cutting into that and being like we were so bored (laughs) and this was like you know became kind of criminal or something this type of uh i don't know does that make sense maybe so running around amusing ourselves really because we were bored traumatized it could be that yeah i don't know
1: yeah, the narrator talks like things are things were better before and that this is lesser. But it seems like this is like kind of the same, mm-hmm. just doesn't look the same. And that the only difference is there's more evidence that su- suggests that there was a problem with the ways things were run before, but our narrator just doesn't mm-hmm. can't see it, like doesn't uh, take it as fact. Um he can't see it. Yeah, which is like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It could be possible. Like, there was always
1: bad shit going on in the country, I think. And there was always um, people asserting themselves for power. Uh, And the artists were always doing their art things. And it might be more restricted now in terms of, like, how they're allowed to meet and what they do. But they're just as uh, disconnected from the world as they were then as they are now. Mm. Like, you would think that, oh, I, I can't even meet with my friends anymore because of this weird curfew. Like, mm-hmm. you would think that that would shock you into realizing, like, oh, shit, like, we haven't even really been seeing what's going on in the country. Uh, no, like, yeah. it, it didn't at all. Like, they just kept meeting. And, in fact, like, they got some amusing stories about, like, a strange basement that had a man in it out of it, you know?
0: Yeah, this is great. Again, terrifying. The idea that boredom could be so much more of a motivator in your life than any other sense of justice or like right,
1: or like a pain in your life or yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, there's a curfew. What an authoritarian thing to do. And it's right. like,
1: well, you're kind
0: of more like you immediately sort of accept that or right. who even knows what it was like in Chile when that went down. But it does feel like boredom was more closer to, to these people than any other kind of feeling about the consequences of what was going on. Yeah.
1: That I think is the takeaway from that section or whatever that section. from that thing. There was another. There was another thing that I was.
0: What's the necklace?
1: What is the necklace? Yeah, this is like a thing that you can buy on the street. Um, With the sand. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is like a cool thing that people do where they like, they'll write a psalm from the Bible on a grain of sand or whatever, or like paint a picture of Jesus or a landscape. They're so taken with, like, the smallness and the fact that they were able to fit it. They don't really worry about the quality mm. <laughs> or, like, what they've actually depicted, you know? And that's I, that's kind of what he's doing. Like, it's, it's funny because, like, that's what he's doing, but he's also describing, like, a truth about, like, their life or something, yeah. you know? He's very taken with the smallness and not actually saying that, uh, like, it's depicting bad shit that was there all along or whatever. Mm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. When I first read that, I was thinking of the way that Ibakache like, tries to, like, descend into a moment to, like, find something out about it, which is a very, like, novel thing of, like, let's unpack this instant and get all the, like, consequences. And uh, him being unable, right, to, like, ask the right questions, find the, find the answers or whatever seems again like an ambivalence about the whole thing of like a book but knowing that it's a, literally a thing that you could find in chile the argument is that as a people we were amused by this and now we can't be amused by that anymore is that what do I think so yeah. yeah
1: or we shouldn't be whatever
0: that's funny yeah. okay interesting a lot it
1: <laughs> so is a lot <laughs> If Maria Canellis knew what her husband was doing in the basement, why did she invite guests to her house? The answer is simple, because normally when she had a soiree, the basement was unoccupied. I asked myself the following question, why then, on that particular night, did a guest who lost his way find that poor man? The answer is simple, because with time, vig- vigilance tends to relax, because all horrors are dulled with, by routine. Mm. And then, yeah. <laughs> the added on to this is, I asked myself the following question, Why did anyone say anything at the time? The answer was simple because they were afraid. I was not afraid. I would have been able to speak out, but I didn't see anything. I didn't know until it was too late. (laughs) Yeah. God, yeah.
0: (laughs) Damn. Just bailing yourself out all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a real thing to be terrified of. And it's great that... um, she says it's their vigilance which is being worn down. Mm-hmm.
1: God. Yeah. yeah, he's a... He's an interesting... It's a good character to... It's good that it's a novella because I don't know if you could do, like, a whole novel through this character's perspective or, like, you c- could do a whole novel from their deathbed or whatever. Um. But it's a good... It's good for a short visit because, like, if anything, like, the shorter exposure is more inst- instructive than, like, a longer one would be maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, to this kind of thinking and this kind of person. It's funny too that Bolaño like started as a poet and only became famous for his novels. That part is interesting.
0: Yeah. And I do, I think the novel writing was really like a, I gotta make some money. Right, this is like an end
1: of life thing.
0: <laughs> Definitely uh, like 2666
1: right. but I think even just but like didn't he like start techniques? writing novels until he was like in his 50s or whatever yeah. like oh, late okay. in his life. Kind of yeah, thing. he
0: was like I think it was like I have kids <laughs> like I need to make more money that I've made. And then they become sort of, uh, then he becomes famous. He right. wasn't famous before then.
1: Cause this is the first novel that was translated to English.
0: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And this one is sort of cited as like the moment, I don't know, American audiences became aware audiences. That's a weird
1: way to describe it. American users. readers, users. Yeah. It's interesting how he sprinkles his own shit, like in all of these characters though. I feel like, because I was, you know how he, like, the the only time the character, the narrator of the novel, like, gets a book published is in Spain. He, like, only in Pamplona do they publish his books or whatever <laughs> of criticism. Um, this is true of Bolaño as well. Like, I was looking at Wikipedia, like, the first time his novels, his, any of his novels were published outside of Chile was, like, in Spain. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I guess this makes sense. Like, that's just, like, easy or, like, handy writing to, like, it's going to make sense for you to write it if it happened to you or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. I do feel like there's some willful acts of self-destruction though, or some sort of thing that happened to him being transformed. Yeah. Honestly. I like his thing. I feel like his thing is to make you afraid of like, uh, like ghosts, which you're not afraid of. Even if you watched a scary movie about a ghost, you're like afraid of the image or like the instant of a ghost being revealed. You're not afraid of the idea of a ghost. He does all this weird work to, like, make something ghostly again, like, in a graveyard sense.
1: I feel, too, that, like, it's not, like, you know how, like, not knowing things is, like, really scary, Um, and confusion can be, like, disorienting and scary, where, like, something doesn't make sense, and, like, that is, like, very disturbing when, like, a thing can be in front of you and it doesn't make any sense, but, like, yet here it is existing or whatever. Like, the subtle distinction in this novel, I haven't read any of the other ones, obviously, but, like, the subtle distinction in this novel is, like, this character's, like, actions can make perfect sense, and what's confounding is that he decided to react that way rather than, like, any other way or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that is really, like, disarming and, like, strange. Yeah. Um, that he makes is like, works along his own personal logic in, like, a perfect way. It's just, like, incredibly, like, disappointing and confounding that he, this is the way... He, he decides to live or whatever yeah
0: i should read the savage detectives maybe i've kind of been hesitant because it's sort of like that one really seems to be about people writing <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like a, about poets
1: sometimes they're of like looking for the source of like a s- school of writing or whatever I right? So. Like a kind of uh, visceral What is it visceral realism yeah. Or visceral, mm-hmm. yeah
0: but that one seems less
1: dark less
0: i don't know well, the detectives aren't
1: actually detectives
0: right yeah yeah i don't know we Should maybe try it out.
1: it's interesting that the like uh latin american literature and like south american literature um that like makes its way to the u.s like seems like the kind of stuff that would like be perfectly primed for it to be like really meaningful to, for our like way of life here but then like never really like hits the mark you know like, it makes sense that magical realism is, like, the thing that people associate with, um, like, Latin American writers, mm. because you can read it on a surface level and, like, appreciate the weirdness or whatever, Yeah. but if you were to actually think about, like, why they're using these abstract terms and, like, abstract comp- concepts um, to tell, like, a fantastical story, like, they're actually speaking to, like, real <laughs> problems and, like, concerns, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, but them doing it that way gives us the freedom to kind of just appreciate, like, oh, yeah, it's so fun that she's, like, being so vague and abstract in her writing or whatever.
0: Isn't it weird how Latins write like this? You know what I mean?
1: I think it's weirdly
0: exoticizing them, too, in a way. Uh, They have some kind of primal type of storytelling, which is, like, fairy tale. like It's very, I feel like that's a real big part of it. Borges is sort of the other guy right
1: yeah a lot of people read you read uh, depending on where you go to school you read um, Isabella in yeah. class too House of Spirits or whatever and that's like her first novel That's mm. like she's one of the best well she's like weirdly tied to the really. government in a weird way and tied to like positions of power
0: she has to be she's the person with the guy in her basement right in in this book <sighs> maybe if she's tied to the government because isn't that whole her she's cut so salarayende
1: is like her first cousin um so she is like tied with like the socialist movement in chile but then since then like since that happened or whatever and she had like international success in the u.s and abroad um weirdly associated with like the moneyed interests of uh particularly like the u.s but uh Yeah. yeah so i don't know I don't know if she's, like, a sellout or yeah. what. But definitely, like, the most famous, like, female author yeah. from South America.
0: This is a tangent kind of... I, I had a professor at Chapman whose name I cannot remember. She was great. She was, like, very badass. Um, was a poet from Argentina. And I always remember her having, like, like like sickeningly upset feelings about certain authors in Latin America mm-hmm. because of their complicity.
1: Compl- yeah,
0: I mean, there's a lot
1: of defining moments in uh, history there that like, depending on what side of it you felt, it'd be very obvious to say like they're, uh, you know, it's like being a scab, but like for life instead of for work, so. you know?
0: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I always remember that like, she would like talk about her friends who were, like torture right she would think about these writers and be like
1: fuck these
0: people yeah you know it's very it's i don't know so real
1: imagine it's a lot like you know the red scare here or whatever and house un-american thing i don't know i don't
0: know if we can know it america's so much weirder
1: but similar kinds of betrayal or whatever you know like there was a very clear moment when like the government is coming for your peers and like you can decide to be to do nothing to yeah. say nothing or to say everything or to say what they want to see I see what here. you're saying yeah you know? definitely yeah
0: grudges grudges formed
1: it's weird too because like it happening in south america is like way more recent history than i mean it's like tw- what 20 years after the 1950s or whatever mm-hmm. but still mm-hmm like, def- way more recent. Like, Pinochet was in power in the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. You know, the first novel, potentially, Don Quixote. Like, the, the first, first English. published novel. I don't know how to qualify that statement other than, yeah. Like, there's obviously, like, like... released. You know, there's, like, the Odyssey, but that's not a novel. Right. That's an epic...
1: Also, like, for large parts verse. of that work's life, it was only verbal and not... It's only spoken and not uh, written down.
0: So this is like the first, like, you get it. It's book formed. You know, it's not in poetry or verse or whatever. Mm -hmm.
1: Don Quixote is a weird one, too, because it's kind of... I I, I don't know if I've ever read it, but my basic understanding of the story is that... I've never read it. uh, Is that uh, Don Quixote, rich, crazy dude, uh, his friend uh Pancho Villa like definitely the smart one definitely like the lower class one um totally like aware of the limitations of his boss Um, but also like weirdly enabling because he like doesn't stop him from going on this quest or whatever Mm -hmm. he kind of just like tags along and is like is he like the original like centrist or whatever like I don't know
0: yeah I think there's a scene where he's like Horribly tortured, uh, yeah, it, like gets the shit kicked out of him, and I think it's like comedic, mm. but then maybe a little bit more there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we. Are. It does seem kind of funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's following him around, but getting his yeah. ass kicked. Like you could do that today yeah. in a movie. Well, they did. They did. They tried. Yeah, they I don't know. I mean, They finished I, it. They finished it. Yeah. Terry Killiam sucks. Yeah, I would have wanted to see that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really do any of his movies. I feel like I would have liked him, but
1: now he exhausts me, so. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you could watch Brazil and pretend that it's directed by a different person or whatever. That's the one I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, all, almost all of those, um, uh, what's it called, Monty Python dudes kind of, like, norded themselves or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, they, almost all of them like, reveal themselves to actually be bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's any terminology people can take from Kingdom Hearts It's the concept of norting. Being norted, I feel yeah. like that should be reach widespread acceptance. It's a term.
0: Absolutely, it's like a way to have empathy for the bad people a little bit. You're like, oh, you've been separated. Why does it work? You've been, you've become a nobody. To be norted is, is, is to governed. have
1: like <laughs> um, heart placed inside of you or xehanort's like mind inside your body or whatever
0: and when he does that do you split apart
1: yeah you become like three different you, things to do that something has to be removed from you or whatever
0: you lose your heart you become a heartless
1: i don't know if you lose your heart or if you lose like your mind or or what but yeah heart or mind well they're things. i know i know they're, I know. they're <laughs> separate they're different. different things yeah um there's also souls i think then it's like what is a heart? I so it's
0: You get norted. Mm-hmm. History is trying to nort you. Right? History
1: is trying to nort you, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you have to have like And
0: wait, what's the opposite
1: of getting Norted? There's no there's no opposite.
0: Doesn't he do some what does he do to like unnort people with people? You this don't unnort layer?
1: them. As far as I know, no one's been unnorted. Because of the time travel stuff, yeah. like th- the people who are norded are still Norded and there are like versions of them that aren't norded but it's just like a different ver- yeah. version from a different time.
0: Can you resist Nording at all? I'm trying to get somewhere. I don't this, think anyone is
1: in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I don't know if anyone successfully resisted norting. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sora. This is dark. This maybe speaks someone... to the dark
0: time we live in. Yeah, where people are getting norded. <laughs>
1: maybe someone pure of heart or something. I don't know. The compelling thing about Kingdom Hearts are the the people who are heartless who like have grown hearts on their own separately or now like whole beings or whatever. They've become unheartless. Through their connections to so other people have like developed their own yeah. hearts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's like a radical that's that's like a radical concept. You get get somewhere. For with them that? to Is include in the game, you know. Yeah. Like, it should be about that.
0: The nobodies are what you fight.
1: You fight fight heartless.
0: You fight heartless. Those are the little creatures. Yeah.
1: Nobodies are people with... They have eyes that are yellow. That's a heartless. Yeah. Oh, my God. And a nobody? A nobody is... So when you... (laughs) This is all, like, second, third... I know, right? Second and third (laughs) hands. You've got, like, Uh, wrong knowledge. When you separate... When you take a heart, when you remove a heart from somebody... The heart lives on. The body lives on. No body. Yes. I'm heartless. Uh, you're going backwards <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't know. what I forget. I just know that you separate those two. I just don't remember what becomes heartless and what becomes a nobody. Like which side is which. But
0: oh, yeah. If your heart becomes... You separate a heart
1: from a body. Yeah. Like just heart and mind. Just body.
0: And then they transform into...
1: The two separate things. Yeah. Nobody yeah roxas is sora's roxas is sora's nobody roxas has no heart developed a heart so i think it's the thing it's the body uh can we like, grow it's on the not, the body is with no heart in mind is like the, mm-hmm. the nobody and then the heartless critters is the, yeah the heart and, like the thing that's
0: what you got to fuck up with yeah. the keyblade you're like yeah
1: yeah but I think also you can, like, separate the two, and then, like, the darkness that was in you also can be a thing, too.
0: Okay. So you get nord You've become a Nazi. Yeah.
1: Zaynard's you are like no a, longer Zaynard's there. Zerino is, like, a perfect, like, actual modern Nazi, too, where uh-huh. he's, like, not even necessarily, like, attacking a specific group. He's more, like, chasing, like, <laughs> a ideological virtue <laughs> that he thinks. Yeah.
0: He's, like, light, pl- like, I want, we need light and dark, or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, if we, can balance, we if
1: we can balance light and dark, then we can, like, unlock Kingdom Hearts and release whatever's in there, or whatever, <laughs> you know, restore. That's why he's, like, trying to instigate a war. Mm-hmm. But to be norded is to be possessed by Xehanort's right. will, oh which I, I don't know if that's his mind or if that's his heart. I don't know what part of him is that. But...
0: Yeah. So this is, like, when you go t- to the rally. Yeah. And you're, like feeling great because you're gone
1: right and the that that's how rallies are designed to make you feel right
0: yeah but to like squash your sense of self mm. it's something bigger yeah and when you get squashed you get two parts of you <laughs>
1: separate out <attitude. laughs>
0: and one yeah is the
1: nobody they literally just did this in the dragon prince um so like callum who's like the adopted son who's like the older son Uh, uses dark magic for the first time and like super traumatic for him like it's cool like he turns chains into snakes and they like attack some knights uh and it saves like this uh fire dragon um but he like immediately collapses because it's like so like sickening to do dark magic you know like kill something to do something else and, like, you're, like, in his mind. <laughs> and he's, like, sitting on a pile of keys. <laughs> it's, like, it gets... It's so crazy imagery.
0: Symbolic.
1: Yeah. And then, like, you see in the distance, like, this hooded figure. Um, and you know how he has that cube that can, like, show him different sources of magic? Okay. Um, he finds it. And he, like, l- he looks at it. And, like, it turns. And that glowing side is, like, the symbol for dark magic. And he's, like, disgusted by it. And he, like, throws it away. And the hooded figure standing in the distance picks up the cube and he like notices it, and he like walks towards this hooded figure, and naturally the hooded figure turns around to face him and takes off his hood, and it's just him. Okay, yeah, I was like, of course. And basically, the hooded figure's argument is like, you feel in your heart that like you are meant to be, you're meant to do magic, like you believe it in your heart. And what's another truth about the world besides your belief that you need to do magic? Well, it's that humans can't do magic other than in this one way. So what's stopping you from achieving your dream? Like, not like, nothing, right? Like, you could keep doing dark magic, become the most powerful magic user in the world, whatever. Jesus Christ. Um, Christ. so his whole thing is like, no, like, I don't want to do that. And then he, like, sees, like, an image of his father, um, wrapped in chains. And, which is, like, weird because his dad's black, um... Or like coded as non-white. Yeah. I don't know if like they're black, and that you know it's complicated because yeah, it's yeah. fantasy setting or whatever. Right. Um, and his dad's like, you know, like history doesn't control you. Destiny is not written in stone. Like you write your own destiny or whatever. Uh, and then he's like, you're right. I write my own destiny. And he like the version, the version of him that's like do dark magic, like crumbles to dust. <laughs> Uh, it feels like that moment of like he did something bad and like saw the two paths in the woods or whatever diverging and then had to confront uh his equal desire to go down both paths or whatever and like the weakness of his character is that he needed the outside guidance or not weakness because he's young or whatever Mm -hmm. doesn't know the full scope of the world but like the weakness of his character in that moment is that he needed the outside guidance of his father to like Right. Decide the right thing, which is like I'm not gonna do yeah. dark magic anymore or whatever. But well, he was imagining his father. I don't know. Does not matter? Well, I was gonna really? say it was all in his head. So like, okay, yeah, yeah right. you, So yeah,
0: um, perhaps that's just like a shorthand to show like this internal struggle. Yeah. with this kid. Uh, that's some good shit. That's very interesting. I mean, the it's the reasoning. He's
1: still like a problematic character, I think. But
0: yeah, yeah. the logic of the. A uh, shrouded figure is very interesting because that feels like it, mm. or whatever. You feel that you're supposed to do something. You know it's bad.
1: <laughs> Therefore, or like, or you know that like, the like the easiest actual, way to achieve are it good. <laughs> is bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's like the the equation, right?
1: It's interesting because like the path he chooses is not necessarily to give up on his dream or to like set aside what he believes to be true about himself that like he is meant to do magic and he likes it and it makes him feel good. And he wants to do it. It's just that like the worst possible way he shouldn't do, it, which is interesting. Like i just a weird
0: mm. distinction <laughs> for the show yeah. to
1: make. Um, that's why I say like, he's still like a problematic, like he's still like a weird character, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: They kind of made it easier for him.
1: Yeah. Because they're somehow convinced that he is like one of the heroes of the show, which is interesting. Yeah, the show is, like, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Avatar. So, like, to compare the two, difficult, and also, like, it shouldn't be done, but also they want you to compare the two in everything they do, Um, so it's, like, hard not to. But it seems like Avatar, even though the storylines were simpler and less plotty, the politics and the, like, social interactions of the character were, like, immediately more complicated in Avatar than they are in this show.
0: I really don't feel like I like a sense of that. What this it was show now, is though. like
1: chewed through like a lot more plot. Like it's definitely done a lot more plot stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like super interesting and cool. Like love the world. World's very cool. The plot beats that have happened, very interesting. Like stuff I wasn't expecting in the second season, especially. I was like, wow, like you've, we met a dragon. Like we've done a lot of stuff. Um, but the interactions with the characters is like very simplistic. Or like mm-hmm. what the show believes about the characters is very simplistic. Like in Avatar, I always had the sense that like, Aang was like this outsider figure mm-hmm. or whatever, um, who the show had an opinion of, but it was very much informed by the two people who rescue him, by like Soka and Katara or whatever. Like, they didn't know to trust him, whether or not to trust him, and when they did start to trust him, they're like, he's a child, he doesn't understand the world. Like, how could he ever be this like great hero that he's like supposed to be or whatever? And the whole journey of the show is like both disproving their initial judgment but also like complicating the like both like value of his childlike outlook or whatever on the world like his optimism and hope um but also like how maybe like that was bad like you know it's like it immediately complicates that idea i feel like
0: yeah well because he's prone to like a child's rage right? yeah
1: also right yeah he like his uh, simplistic view of the world is, like, beneficial because, like, it skews towards hopefulness and, like, believing in the goodness of other people. But it also skews towards, like, immediate rash action that's, like, dangerous because he's, like, a powerful figure, you know? Mm. I don't know. I just feel like The Dragon Prince doesn't have anything like that yet. And, like, the characters that could give you that, it's, like, less interested in Mm. so far. But we'll see. I don't know. I I have... one and a half more episodes yeah. to go or whatever in the second season
0: I mean they've worked it into the whole premise power right the yeah. idea of it and yeah yeah but maybe we would have cared more if it was within the characters or something
1: yeah I just kind of want like Ezrin like the kid brother who mm-hmm. like is I, I just kind of want him to be the main character because I think he's more interesting Cause he's like now just revealed in this episode or whatever like he now knows that his dad is dead a person has come from the kingdom or whatever, who was tracking them to say like, you're the King now. I'm not going to kill you or take you home. Like I take orders from you now. You're like this boy King or whatever. Mm -hmm. And earlier in this season, they introduced us to like a girl King or a girl queen. Um, (laughs) they're not even like, it's like a Pentarchy. So like there are like five Kings, five rulers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she like was orphaned at a young age and we learn why, um, and it's like this really just like good leader who's like very even keeled and like careful. And it seems like it's been hard earned her um, position and like her like <laughs> good leadership skills or whatever, uh, because like her two moms died. Um, and now we're kind of like it would I would hope that the third season would be about Ezra and, like learning to be a good leader or whatever, because he's already set up to be like the most compassionate character in the show. He can like talk to these mystical animals and no one knows why he like immediately cares about like sick and (laughs) dying things, you know, he's like set up to be like the, uh, the good character. He's like on the side and like the like annoying, morally conflicted, like white boy is like the main character. And like, while I understand that his conflict is like maybe good for generating story stuff is like, we've seen it before.
0: Do you think they'll be drawn into conflict with each other? That might be interesting. I hope so. They're yeah. going to get older in this show, you think? I hope so. Not? I
1: hope we stay with them that long yeah. enough so they get older, you yeah. know? Yeah, we'll have to see. I think it's a good show. Yeah. I, wish, I wish they did more standalone episodes. Like I said, it's so propulsive, the plot, that there hasn't been, like, really a moment to. Yeah just do a thing like do a one-off like what's you know an interesting town or whatever like a cool concept of magic or whatever avatar definitely had that yeah yeah i wish they would do more of that in this show It's just less episodes
0: Hmm. it doesn't entirely relate to